everybody, and welcome back to Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. And hey, Randy Cash over there. Hey. That totally is like our second tagline. Right. Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. And hey, Randy Cash over there. Yep. How goes it over there? It's going great, man. I'm just living my life as a 50-year-old man now. Oh, my goodness. Did you have a good birthday last week? I did, and I'm still, as you can hear. Oh, my goodness. Drinking those um, uh, amino <laughs> Is there some kind of energy? You have your things. energy drinks, man. But no, I hey, got off the monsters. I was going to say, at least you filtered off of the, um, all that chemical stuff. This is like a... a Gatorade with caffeine. I'm just trying a to stay hydrated with and, a little, and a little caffeine boost. Oh, boy. All right. I hear you. It's better than Monster. I'll give you that. I just need a little hydration and a little caffeine. Right. I oh. just worried about you because you were always like, you were like the monster addict. So I wasn't in that funny, though, because caffeine allegedly dehydrates you. But I know. So they put caffeine in a, in a drink that's supposed to dehydrate you. And you like, mean rehydrate? I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it? But doesn't actually, it ca- might be both doing both. That's what I was saying. But isn't, doesn't the caffeine dehydrate you? It cancels itself out. Yeah. All right. Yay. Yay. So, how does it feel to be a fifty-year-old man? Uh, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's not bad. You want to know something great? Dude? What's great? It's over there on the table. I got a letter from the AARP. Did you it really? Said membership stuff enclosed. Yeah. Did yeah. you have to be 50 to have that? I guess so. I haven't opened it. I'm no. not opening that. No. I have a friend that um, I think for like a number of years now has gotten like AARP stuff and like refuses to open it. It's like, nope, not even, not going to even go there yet till I, I feel old. <laughs> I'm told there are some savings to be had with that card. That's what I hear. Dude, I was thinking I'm going to get one of those old people's cell phones now. Oh, my goodness. All I do is talk and text, you know, yeah. very limited that's uh, all you social do. Social media. Right. Really? I'm like, dude, I might just get one of those $30 grandma phones. You're hilarious. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> with, the, with the life alert on the back of it. That's what you need? <laughs> just in case? Just in case. You're hilarious. I know. No. Well, I am glad that you had a good birthday. Thanks. Kind of one of those milestone birthdays, I guess. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. And you've got a comedy show thing going on this weekend, right? January 18th yeah, at Rendezvous in O'Fallon, Missouri. I think it's hilarious. It's called the Rendezvous. That just cracks Maybe me up. Maybe it's Rendezvous. I say Rendezvous. I may be uh, You might be incorrect. That. Yes. That's funny. I will be there, though. We will be there to support you. Thanks. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I can, by the end of the show, have all the information for it. <laughs> Okay, get on that. Yep. Thanks. No, today, actually, we are talking a bit about the love languages. This is sort of um, a topic that I feel like gets brought up all the time. Um, And it's going to be a very central sort of piece or key or topic, whatever you want to call it, part of my Relationship Reset Workshop that's coming up soon. Um, When I say the love languages, I think people often have a lot of preconceived ideas or notions as to what they are, and that if for some reason you don't match up with someone else's love language, that it means that your relationship can't function or it's doomed or it has some kind of an issue. And I actually don't, um, don't believe that. I think it's possible to learn to work with whatever love languages you have, but to sort of, I guess, um, 
redesign or figure out exactly how to work with your significant other in a way that you meet their languages, they meet yours, and nothing is getting lost in translation. You think people are honest about their love language? You think they like will really be honest with you about, well, you know, I like these things and this is my love language? Or do you really think they're throwing out the love languages that they think fits them the best? Well, and I was going to say, I think sometimes people don't realize they are speaking one of the love languages and they're unaware that they are doing so. Yes, all- I think yes to all of the above because I I think you're very right. And that's part of why I do recommend that people go and take the love language test that you can get. Um, if you do, if you just do a search for the five love languages quiz or the five love languages test, it should come up and it's a pretty short quiz. It's free to take and it allows you to get a clearer understanding or a clearer picture of what your love languages are. So let me, if for people listening that don't know what I'm talking about. The five love languages include gifts, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, and physical touch. So there's basically five categories of things that have been sort of studied and recognized as Mm -hmm. the ways that we both give and receive love. And so the quiz or the test online is a way to get a little bit of a, a clearer understanding of what are your primary drivers when it comes to how you give love, how you receive love. What are the things that line up with you? Because I do think that although there might even be more than five in the big picture, this is a good framework to sort of, you know, give couples um, a, a way to understand each other and to understand themselves. So it really is a foundational piece of how I work as a couples therapist, as a, as a relationship coach, letting people understand sort of the behind the scenes of why they do the things that they do. And to have a better understanding of where they might be missing one another in translation. So a great example is this. Let's say that someone's love language is acts of service. And so Mm -hmm. they go out and they mow the yard and they shovel the driveway when it snows. And they make sure that all the grocery shopping is done. And they're doing all of these acts of service to Mm -hmm. let their significant other know that they care. But maybe the significant other is more of a words of affirmation kind of person. So they're, you know... Person A is doing all of this work to sort of show their love, and Mm -hmm. person B is going, I just want you to tell me you love me. I just want you to tell me I look pretty. I just want you to, you know, send me a text throughout my day and tell me you're thinking about me. But because they aren't on the same wavelength, they aren't sharing that dynamic in that that way, they might be missing one another in translation. Mm -hmm. So we have to kind of redesign it a little bit and learn how to tune in to the right frequencies. You know how I learned about what I just said to you? How? There was a friend of mine that's female that was sweet on me that I did not know, and I had helped oh. her do a bunch of things around her house. And I believe she mistook that as me speaking that act of service love yeah. language to her. Like and a misinterpretation I was just of it. to be nice and helpful. Because you help are a, a nice, mama. helpful yeah, person. I, I got a soft spot for single moms. So. Sure. And and yeah. and you're a nice, helpful guy. Awkward. And you're kind of a friendly guy. So, like, yeah, I can kind see of. how that could potentially get misconstrued, especially if someone has some expectations or they're, you know, see like, oh, hey, here's this guy, like, and he's at my house doing some work. Like, there must be something here. Yep. But then it gets really, you know, lost in translation. And then, unfortunately, sometimes people's feelings get hurt or 
they have an expectation of something and then that doesn't sort of happen and then they get kind of a letdown or, you know, a sadness or a frustration. So it is important, I think, to understand your love language, even if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not in a relationship. Why does it matter? Well, Randy just gave a great example of why it matters, because you do sometimes want to know, like, how what's the driver behind like how you give and receive love um so yeah so i I think that the love languages when you when you said like do people have an idea of what they are versus what they really are i think for the most part people have a general understanding of who they are as people in the way that they receive love sometimes they may not be as tuned in to how they give it they may not be as aware of you know where that does or doesn't line up with someone else it's not uncommon for me to have people that show up for couples therapy and they're very mismatched in the the love languages categories you know where you've got one person's primary is physical touch and the other one's like lowest is physical touch and so you have to find some middle ground at times and go okay so how do we tune into these things is in in a way that lets both people's needs get met and that neither person feels like they're being neglected mm-hmm it's a balancing act. It really is. But yeah, so the love languages are, are, it's definitely a good framework that can be used to help people sort of understand themselves better, to understand their relationship better, and then to kind of put things into practice that allow them to not miss things. That's right. really the big key. Makes perfect sense. It's not that hard to do, I would say, but it does take some effort, which is why it's like if you want to imagine the relationship reset workshop is broken down into some different like structural things where we've got, you know, we're going to focus on like boundaries and fair rules for fighting and the, the ways to deal with disagreements and things that we don't line up on. We're going to understand our our tendencies and the way that we show up. And the love language just kind of falls in that category of understanding like, okay, so if we know the love languages, one of the things we have to keep in mind is that if we've gone for a really long time without our needs being met from a love language perspective, that's where resentment can kind of show up, Mm -hmm. you know, and resentment is really powerful fuel. It can sort of sit beneath the surface and just kind of smolder and burn really slowly until it just gets ready to blow up. Yes. And it just yes. kind of it kind of accumulates until you almost hit like a like a get out of jail free card or like break glass in case of emergency kind of situation where you're like, "I can't take mm-hmm. this anymore." And then you might end up saying things or doing things that you don't really mean, but yet you're doing them out of this this just intense amount of frustration because your needs aren't being met. Boy, that resentment, oh, it just rears its ugly head like yes. out of nowhere, right? It's like a it nuclear does. bomb went off. Oh, what happened? <laughs> that's a good what way. Just happened? Well, yeah, that's a good way to explain uh, it because the resentment, it's like it, it's the, the bottled up frustration that has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens in relationships is that people are going, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to say something, you know, that's going to rock the boat or potentially start an mm-hmm. argument. And I'm not saying I want people to walk around arguing arguing all the time. That's not the goal, but we do have to work out those little disagreements because the little disagreements if they aren't dealt with, if they aren't worked out, if they aren't talked about, they don't go anywhere. They just sit beneath the surface and they get added to that resentment barrel. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it hits its overload point. And when it hits that overload point, it does. Like you said, like a nuclear bomb goes mm-hmm. off, it's almost like now you've got all this shrapnel everywhere and you've got to like sort of heal from the wounding of a big blow up 
versus dealing with things as they show up, as they come, and not letting them turn into big things. Yeah. But it, it is easier said than done. I know I have people all the time go, you make it sound so easy. And I'm not at all saying no. that this is an easy process, but I am saying if you want your relationship to have long-term lasting success, then you do need to figure out ways to have this courageous conversation to really look at the truth of what's beneath the surface. And are there areas where maybe we're missing one another in translation? I mean, even if you look at the nature of how much individually we change from day to day or from week to week or month to month or year to year, we're, we're not the same person. We're in a constant state of evolution and moving forward. So we have to expect that our relationships are going to also need some tending to. We can't sort of have the, hey, you're my person, I love you, and then never revisit our relationship foundation right. ever again. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be able to sort of go back to that drawing board on somewhat of a regular basis and make sure that we really are still on the same page. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I have some people that show up and they're not even in the same library, right. much less the same <laughs> book or the same page. So it, it's really one of those things that the more you invest in that connection and the more that you sort of put deposits into the mm-hmm. relationship, the more return on that investment you're going to see. Somebody has a joke. I don't know who it is about at like your marriage every seven years. You need to go back in and like renegotiate your marriage every Kinda? seven years. Kind of on yeah. the same lines, lines of what you're saying. And I right might now, even... Yeah. Not even sure if I would wait seven years, you yeah, know. Exactly. I don't know that you need to be renegotiating it every day, but I do think that yeah, on on somewhat of a regular basis, you need to be having what I'll call like maybe a goal setting, you know, conversation or just kind of a, a vision board for the relationship. You know, we talked about a couple weeks ago the idea of creating an individual vision board. It is completely acceptable for couples to sit down and kind of have like a like a goal setting projection like yes. activity that says, okay. What are some things that we want as a couple and individually, but maybe would like some support on, to complete over the next 6 to 12 months? And then what are some things in sort of our next 3 to 5 year plan? And then what is our 10 plus year plan? So to kind of make this an easier way to think about it, 6 to 12 months are things that you may want to do like, hey, I want to go on a trip or there's this debt I want to pay off or I'd like to redo the living room or, you know, things that we could feasibly accomplish in the next Mm -hmm. year. Three to five years, those might be things like, I'd like to go back to school. I might want to have another kid or I don't want to have another kid. I'd like to make a big purchase, like let's buy a house or build a house or put in a swimming pool. You know, things that you may want to plan for Mm -hmm. that are going to take longer than just the next six to 12 months to sort of happen. And then the 10 plus year plan is really more of like a futuristic look at, well, in a decade, you know, we're at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this new decade right now. What do we want it to look like at the beginning of 2030? We're at the beginning of 2020 at the moment. And this idea that says if we have some idea of where we're headed, we're not trying to hit a moving target. That doesn't mean that because we say it today, hey, this is a goal I have, that we have to hold ourselves to that completely. But it does give us a framework to kind of work with. Mm-hmm. And to work within so that we're at least on the same page and we know what the other one is thinking. Yeah, you got to have short term, intermediate and long term goals, there you both go. individually and as a couple, man. Yes. You got to know where you're at as a couple, man. People mm-hmm. need to like uh, guys are notorious for not being completely honest with their intentions. But yeah, man, you got to have <laughs> as a, as well as your individuals, like I said, your long term goals as a couple. What are yes. we? Are we like long term 
potential? Are we just uh-huh. hanging out and dating or are we just friends? And as much as that might be a difficult, scary conversation to have, I also believe that, you know, we all deserve to be in relationships with people that have a similar vision to us or at least can meet us where we are on that vision. And if one person is saying, yeah, you know, I want to get married and have babies and, you know, retire together and like move to Florida or whatever. And the other person's like, yeah, you're nice to hang out with for now. Yeah, we there's you probably a know. there's probably a better way to say that, right? I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. that you you be hurtful or you know have sort of like mean intentions with what you say, but I do think it is important to sort of put out there on the table, like what are we doing here, you know? And I don't know that anybody walks around with intentions from the beginning to hurt another person. That's really not the way most people operate. I'm sure there's right. some people out there, but the, for the majority of the time, that's not the mm-hmm. case. But that doesn't mean that the best of intentions don't sometimes still hurt people's feelings. And so a lot of the, the the reason I've created this workshop is that I get a lot of people from all walks of life and sort of all all I don't know what you call it, all types of relationships, all all length of time they've been in those relationships just wanting some tools and some techniques and some tips and some sort of guidance of how to get the relationship of your dreams and the one that you really want and deserve to be in. If you don't feel like you're lining up in those ways Mm -hmm. right now, because it's always possible to hit a reset button, but we have to be willing to do it. And that's scary. And sometimes it does take, you know, some courage on the parts of the individuals involved, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, it's helpful to have some guidance so that you're not just kind of floundering around with no net. And so here you go. I have created a net that you can sort of join and, and get the tools that you need to sort of get your relationship back on track or maybe on track for the first time if it's never felt like you you ever congealed the way mm-hmm. you wanted to. Fortunately, I know exactly what I want out of a relationship. Oh, Remember boy. that meme that you sent yes. me that one time? Just, <laughs> Did it say something like, um, just looking for I want a relationship I can hang out with like once or twice a week. That's yeah. pretty much it. Something like yeah. that. I, I saw that. I'm like, week, Randy, I have to send this to you. Hey, but That'd you're be doing great. better. You're like, you're, you're, you're kind of. Yeah, I just have stuff going on now. That right. I, that I've been single for so long. I've been seeing somebody a little bit here lately. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been single for so long. I am <laughs> so accustomed to just being me and doing, doing what I thing. want whenever mm-hmm. I want, which, you know, it's fine. It's not complaining or anything. But like I started doing comedy now, like I have a routine for that. Right. And yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an man. adjustment it's process. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. No, no, no. And sometimes that's the thing, too. Like, adjustment is not bad. Change is not bad. But it feels uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. and I will say, though, you know, if, if we always stay in our comfort zone, then it's kind of like if nothing changes, then nothing will yep. change. If we allow ourselves some room to grow and develop and to kind of see what we could accomplish if we just try a little bit it might require us to jump outside of the comfort zone but then what are the rewards that we might reap from doing that mm-hmm. and you know there's not a guarantee i think with relationships in general i mean I love Brene Brown, how she talks about, you know, when you enter into a relationship, you're basically signing up for risk, uncertainty and emotional exposure. I mean, yeah. it's it's a very scary prospect. And so if we're constantly, you know, wired for connection as people, it's, you know, even people that go, oh, I like being alone. You still find those people that will find people to connect with and you never uh-huh. know what that's going to turn into. So it's important sometimes to just be able to have these 
you know, more courageous conversations. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's no, giggling. Just, just, the giggling it, is always frightening. Somebody, no, it's just funny because somebody came up to me a couple days ago mm-hmm. and they asked me, like, dude, are we cool? Are you mad at me or something? Did I, did I do something wrong? Did I not, yeah. You know? Like, no, dude, why you ask? You know, I was like, well, I just didn't know. You know, you never really say anything. You know, like, well, dude, just, you know I'm antisocial. I keep to myself, dude. Oh, my that's goodness. That's all good. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're totally cool. Sure, but, but I think yeah. it is. It's one of those, like, having the courage to say, yeah. hey, are we good? Are we yeah. on the same page? Sometimes that takes a lot of internal strength for a person to just do. Agree. But it also speaks volumes to how they might think about you, that they yeah. care enough about you as a person to want to make sure that that, you know, that relationship is still good that there is still a connection there and that there yeah. isn't something that has you know gotten kind of crossed in that communication that's so, where things got awkward because it's not reciprocated on my part yeah i like this person or whatever sure i'm just kidding i like this person a lot oh my goodness you're a mess you know that <sighs> i am a mess mm-hmm. but but we love you you're you're a lovable Thanks. mess Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Maybe you need my relationship reset relationship reset workshop. Oh yeah, my idea of a reset would be like uh, starting over from the beginning. Single. That's not exactly what it means. No, no, no. I take the reset as like this is come in and help Lindsay help you break up. <laughs> no, that is not what it means. So just to kind of give people an overview, what you're going to get, you're going to get a, like a crash course into what it would be like if you were to be a client of mine over, um, you know, about nine to 12 sessions. So about a three month period of time, we're going to put all of the things that we would ordinarily cover in like the one on one sessions in my office in a workshop format that's going to be all online where people can um, basically log in, consume this content, share it with their significant other and be able to, you know, sort of put those things into practice in their lives. There will be a way that you can connect with me for a couple of one-on-one sessions during the three-month period, as well as a way to continue with me one-on-one once the workshop is complete, but like after you've already taken these tools and implemented them, but you're still maybe needing some guidance. So I'm really thinking it's going to be a way for people to consume a lot of the therapeutic knowledge I have, but to do it in the comfort of their own home, no matter where they may be, especially if they like can't get to the office or maybe the idea of traditional therapy is a little daunting or they don't quite know what that would look like. This, this is a way to still consume it without it being exactly the same thing. Yeah, and kind of get in, just test the waters a little bit. My, yeah, that's. I know some people have a uh, an aversion is the correct uh-huh. word, maybe of going to therapy. I was thinking therapy. that therapy aversion. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a good way for you to just check it out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so if you have any questions at all about that, um, you can always, you know, reach out to me directly through my website, lindsaywalden.com. I have links there to the blog that I write on a weekly basis. I have all of our past podcast episodes on there, as well as a work with me page, which is where all the different workshops are listed out with, you know, pricing and what you get in the workshops and sort of the options of how you can work with me. And in fact, I a year ago for Valentine's Day, which is the day before Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. um, I had actually been asked to do a a sort of 
sex and relationships Q&A kind of session at the Bike Stop Cafe in St. Charles. And it was actually a huge success. We had almost like standing room only, one, one that was all said and done. We had such a big turnout. So they've asked me to come back again this year. It is a free event. It's at the Bike Stop Cafe in St. Charles, right off of Main Street. And it's going to be from 7 to 9 on February the 13th. And so it's the day before Valentine's Day. It's an all-ladies event. And like I said, it's a free thing. We're going to have um, some giveaways. We're going to have some raffle drawings. We're going to have a lot of Q&A. A lot of times what seems to happen is that people come with questions and it takes somebody breaking the ice of asking something and then the floodgates open and everybody's got questions. So I am ready, willing, and able to answer whatever sex and relationship questions you may have, as well as anything else therapeutically that you might want to know about. But I am really looking forward to the second annual Galentine's at the Bible. Stop Cafe. Galentine. Can I crash that party? Can you crash it? All all ladies event, Mr. Cash. All ladies event. But um, all of that info you can also find on my Facebook. It's at Lindsay Walden Consulting. You can find um, at This Is Lindsay Walden on Instagram. And then on Pinterest, it's at Therapy Thoughts. How can people find you? I am on Instagram at R. Cash comedy. All right. And I'm at uh, O'Fallon Out Loud on the 18th okay. of January. Show starts at 8.30 p.m. That's the Rendezvous thing, right? Rendezvous Cafe, 217 okay. South Main, O'Fallon, Missouri. Reservations awesome. required. Oh, I got to make my reservation for that. You might okay. want to do get it because it's going to maybe sell out. <laughs> And we now have a jingle. They say that uh, Andy, the guy that puts the show on Andy Hamilton, my, uh, Rob Durham's a headliner, Will O'Donnell's featuring, myself as well, and then Andy Hamilton is the host, and he's the guy that puts shows on. Cool. Good dude. All right. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. Yeah, you can find it on my Instagram at Comedy. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Well... I think that brings us kind of to the end of today's show. I think we gave a pretty good overview of the love languages. But as always, if you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're going to, in the not-too-distant future, have a sort of show devoted to Q&A. So keep, keep tuned for that. Until next week, hope you have a fabulous rest of your day, and we will see you next week.